Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the V-Sporto Network. And it's hoop season, so we're going to talk a little uh, OU basketball with Ryan Aber of the Oklahoma and NewsOK.com. He has been uh, following the Sooners around, uh, the number one team in the country, according to the AP. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Uh, Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, nobody else that I would rather head on to uh, talk OU hoops. So, uh, just I guess you know, I want to start off before we get into talking about OU. Um, you know, a lot's being made right now about the uh, the depth of the Big Twelve. You know, and and you're out there going to all the games. You know, seeing all these different teams in person. Um, you know, is this about you've been covering OU for a while? Is this about as strong as you've seen the league in a while, or? Yeah, I don't think there's much doubt about it. I think going into this season, I thought the, the very top of the league was strong with OU and Kansas and Iowa State that we expected to be really tough, but uh, wasn't sure beyond that really how good those next tier of teams were going to be. Well, it turns out that uh, Baylor is really good, which shouldn't be much of a surprise given uh, you know what Scott Drew does and seems to, to always have, have those guys – uh, playing really well, that zone can can mess with a lot of teams. And then West Virginia, I think, was a whole lot better than uh, a lot of us expected to be. Uh, thought that they would be a decent team, a, a fringe tournament team. Well, it turns out they're uh, quite a bit better than that, as as we've seen. And obviously, that you know, going to Morgantown is about one of the toughest road trips that you can make, uh, not only in this league but anywhere. But uh, yeah, you 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 talk about the depth of this league. It has been uh, pretty phenomenal this year, and it makes for uh, a, a lot of uh, fun games to watch and a, a lot of heartburn for guys like me who have to write about these games because uh, there, there's no nights where you can just sort of uh, mail it in and uh, you know start writing quite a bit early uh, when you're talking about the, the best teams in this league. Oh yeah, I know absolutely. Uh, the uh, night in and night out, so many good teams and so many good games. Um, but uh, right now, you know, Oklahoma's the number one team in the country, and uh, I, I mean, looking around the country versus uh, you know everybody else out there. I mean, do you think that's a fair? Is that a fair ranking for you? I mean, do you think that they're the best team in the country? Yeah, I think when you look at overall resumes, you have to put them number one. I mean, they went out and scheduled very aggressively in non-conference going to Memphis to start the season. They had, you know, Creighton and Wisconsin coming here, went out to Hawaii, played Villanova, and then played in a, another event out there. And uh, going through that unblemished uh, certainly got them into the discussion for, for one of those top spots. And then the way that they started Big 12 play, too. I know it's disappointing that they've lost to at Kansas and Iowa State, but uh, you know we talked about the strength of this league, and it's really tough to go in and, and win at those top places on the road. So really it's all about defending your home court. They did that against West Virginia. I mean, they've, they've, it's hard to argue right now 
that there would be anybody that wasn't deserving of the number one besides Oklahoma and North Carolina. And when you look at the uh, resumes for those two teams side by side, it's pretty clear right now that Oklahoma's resume is better. I actually did expect Oklahoma to drop to number two uh, earlier this week after losing, but uh, it wasn't a huge shock that they stayed number one just because North Carolina still has to get to the meat of the ACC schedule. They haven't played any of the really tough teams in that league yet, and Oklahoma has, and they've been able to withstand it to this point. And, you know, you really can't talk about this team without starting uh, with their, uh, you know, Wooden Award candidate, Buddy Heald. According to Ken Pomeroy, he's the number one most uh, efficient offensive player in the country. Um, I guess, you know, my the first thing that comes to mind looking at Heald's game, I, I'm wondering, do you see anything, you know, significantly different from a year ago, or is it just more a matter of, uh, putting, uh, you know, kind of polishing up some of what he was doing well before. Well, I mean, the the words you just mentioned, I think, is the biggest difference: efficiency. He he has just been so much more efficient this year. Last year, he scored a lot because he was taking a lot of shots. He wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily a, a very high percentage shooter, especially late in the season when uh, he wore down a little bit. And I think uh, that has changed for him. I mean, last night. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, he was fantastic. Nine of twelve from the field, you know, five of eight from behind the three-point line. That's becoming almost the norm for him. Uh, I, I think he's gotten a whole lot better at attacking the basket. There's still some uh, ball handling issues at, at times for him, but uh, I, I think he's gotten uh, improved his his uh, ball handling quite a bit this season, and that's led to him not only being able to create for himself but uh, be able to create for other guys, especially as Jordan Woodard has gotten so much better from the field. You know, if he's able to attack the basket with the ball that can uh, suck in defenses and, and leave all kinds of room on the perimeter for not only Woodard, but Isaiah Cousins and Ryan Spangler as well. Those guys have all benefited from it. That's something that his game didn't have this year. Uh, there were some questions about his uh, pro potential last year, especially as he pondered going into the draft, but uh, I don't think there's anybody right now that's questioning that with Buddy Heald. And you mentioned another guy, though, that uh, has had another big uh, impact on the team. That's Jordan Woodard. Um, you know, Woodard is a guy who handled the ball a lot and, uh, you know, was uh, you know kind of pretty strong off the dribble, but this year he's really become a marksman outside. Yeah, and that's something that, honestly, I didn't really expect to see in his game, at least with uh, Keeled and Cousins still around. I, I didn't think that he was going to uh, be asked to score much. And honestly, with sort of uh, questioning things, uh, mm -hmm. you should learn not to do this with Lon Kruger. But, you know, when he moved Jordan Woodard off the point, put Isaiah Cousins on the point uh, early in, in preseason, you wondered, well, what, what really is Jordan Woodard's role going to be here? because you could see some of the things that Cousins could do from the point that he couldn't uh, at the two, but you wonder what Jordan Woodard would be able to do. Well, it, it turns out he's uh, one of, if not the best, three-point shooter in the country mm -hmm. uh, to this point. It's just been phenomenal, the growth that we've seen from him this season, uh, and I think it really speaks to the work that they put in over the summer. I've written about this a couple times, but uh, the culture that – Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins, and uh, to, to some degree Ryan Spangler have instilled in the Sooners 
uh, bleeds over to the other guys. I mean, Cousin sleeps up the, at the gym regularly at Lloyd Noble Center, huh. and uh, I think Jordan Woodard, as he got into the program, realized that he needed to do similar things to be able to to make the steps that he's seen those guys go through. That he's seen, you know, Buddy Heald go through from the floor his uh, from his first year to his second year to his third year, and now finally to this year being a a uh, Wooden Award nominee. And Jordan Woodard took that on himself. Uh, to try to become that kind of player. And it's been a, a really big boost for this team because when you've got three guys who can shoot the way that those three can from the outside, I mean, that uh, that goes a long way toward uh, slump-proofing your team a little bit. Talking with Ryan Aber of NewsOK.com, the Oklahoma and Oklahoma basketball beat reporter. Um, I guess then, you know, the, the triumvirate there in the backcourt, the uh, third guy, the guy who's uh, running the point now is Isaiah Cousins. And he seemed to be in a little bit of a funk there, uh, you know, for about three or four game stretch where he just wasn't quite right. I mean, do you, was that just a matter of, of him kind of snapping out of it? Or what What do you think was going on with him then? Yeah, I think that's the, the big thing with him. He's always been sort of a hot and cold type shooter. But I, I thought the the really big mark of growth this year was even when he was going through that stretch where he was really struggling – he was finding other ways to help this team uh, be successful. He was, you know, picking up big assist numbers or or playing really good defense, as we saw late in that first Iowa State game uh, down in Norman. As he came up with a couple big defensive plays late that helped them pull that game out. I think that's something that we didn't really see from Isaiah Cousins his first three years in Norman. If he disappeared shooting, he disappeared across the board, and that hasn't been the case this season. And that's that's been a big boost, I think. Moving him to the point has done so much for this team. We talked about, you know, the growth of Jordan Woodard and and what it's done for him. But uh, also, I think his personality is a little bit more suited for the point than than Woodard, who's a little bit more uh, reserved and quiet. Isaiah Cousins has no problem taking control of the team, you know, being very aggressive uh, during offensive stretches, telling guys where where they need to be and what they need to do to get themselves in really good positions, and uh, that's really benefited this team. And it's something that I think we're going to continue to see uh, some some positive steps out of Isaiah Cousins as the year goes on. And then another guy who has made a last rise this year, Kadeem Latin. Um, you know, not only with his kind of mid range uh, game on offense, shooting wise, but uh, you know, giving that giving them that presence in the middle that uh, enables them to push out maybe and uh, you know push out a little bit on the perimeter and, and when they're guarding teams uh, with Latin back there guarding the rim. Um, you know, did you see this coming from him or is this uh, you know kind of a big surprise for you? I expected Latin to be a whole lot better than he was as a freshman this year. I think we, we saw, excuse me, him taking. Uh, big steps toward the really the last month of the season last year. He was uh, making big strides, especially on the defensive end. But I didn't see this kind of explosion, especially with the shot blocking. I mean, to have uh, as many six-block games as he's had. He had eight against Texas Tech on Tuesday night. Uh, it's just given them something that they really haven't had probably since at least since Taj Gray. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it by the by the time the season is is over, his block numbers are going to be way way ahead of even what uh, Gray had a few years ago. So that's really given this team 
freed up this team a lot defensively. It allows Ryan Spangler to do some different things and not be the, the five that we've seen him have to be the last few years as they've used Tayshawn Thomas and, and Cam Clark, who uh, certainly played big roles on this team but weren't able to get Ryan Spangler into the role that he's most suited for. And then uh, it also frees Spangler to do some more things offensively and step out and show the reins that he's shown this year, which uh, frees up things near the rim, and uh, that that makes things much easier for not only the big guys inside, but also the guards to uh, to get get to the rim and finish. And uh, you mentioned Spangler. Do you feel like he's okay physically? I know there's been a lot of speculation about uh, he he knocked knees. I think with somebody back during in, in maybe one of the Iowa State games and. People were speculating yeah, that he might be a little Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you feel like he's at 100% now? I don't think he's quite 100%. He, uh, You mentioned the, the Iowa State game. He bumped knees with Matt Thomas late. In the, or it was actually in the first half of that game. Had to go to the locker room. Wound up coming back and looked like he was fine. Uh, had a big game against West Virginia at home, but uh, got it rebumped late in that game and I think it's still giving him a little bit of problems although I think it's certainly something that's uh, you know not going to require him to sit out any time or anything like that I think it's just one of those things that he's going to have to live with until it starts getting better and I think now that the schedule gets stretched out a little bit they should be able to and especially uh, a guy that we haven't talked about to this point Dante Buford I think the fact that he's been able to give them more minutes will allow Spangler to to get a little bit more of a rest and that'll help him start to heal up and uh, get back to the Ryan Spangler that we've expected but uh, I I still think Ryan Spangler is going to play a big role on this team on both ends yes he's not 100% but he's still a a very effective player for this team on both ends of the floor yeah and uh, Buford really has in the last couple games uh, started really stepping up he gives him kind of a, a little bit of a different look there. Not not quite so much the banger that uh, Latin or uh, 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 Ryan Spangler are, but, you know, he's uh, got a pretty nice, pretty polished offensive game, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's, that's what we really expected from his game last year when he came in. I think a lot of people expected him uh, to, to be a c- contributor on last year's team before the NCAA uh, issues with his high school that he went to in Florida surfaced and he was forced to redshirt. But uh, early in the season, you wondered when it would come because we didn't see that kind of player early. He was tentative at times, uh, just looked lost on the floor at times, and that led to his minutes really going down after the season opener. And you thought, well, maybe this could be a lost season for him. But uh, he's really come on over the last uh, three or four weeks, and that's helped this team uh, in a lot of ways. I mentioned Ryan Spangler. He's been able to, to take a break. They were able to match up with some different ways, especially against Baylor's zone. He was really key to uh, slowing that down because he's a, a big guy who can find some room in the middle of that zone and knock down shots and also get to the free throw line. And I think that's something that this team is going to need, uh, not only from that respect, but from the respect of you know, Kadeem Latin and Ryan Spangler at some points in the season are probably going to find themselves in foul trouble, and they're going to need somebody to come off that bench and provide at least a little bit of physicality. But he's not the he's not a Ryan Spangler type player. He's not even a Kadeem Latin type player in that regard. But uh, he's certainly 
uh, is able to bang around a little bit more and create some matchup problems in a way that a, a guy like a Colton Manyang, their other big guy off the bench, just isn't able to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, and uh, I guess, you know, there are two big concerns, I think, though, looking at this team that uh, I was hoping we could talk about. The, the first one being, you know, they've got a, a really, really good starting five, but man, they are logging a ton of minutes. I mean, you look at uh, the, you know, kind of the uh, distribution over, uh, you know, the last like five games or so, and that starting five is playing about more than more a majority of the minutes. I think fifty-one uh, percent. Whereas you look at other teams, like say uh, I'm looking at Louisville right now and Kim Palm, and I mean th- their starting lineup is getting about sixteen percent of of the overall minutes. That starting five together. Uh, you know, is this just going to be the way it is with OU, or is there any chance that they'll uh, stretch out the bench a little bit or develop a little depth? Well, I think for the most part that's just going to be the way it is with this team. I mean, uh, Dante Buford, I think his minutes will continue to evolve. There's a chance that he'll get some more as the year goes on. But if you've got him, you know, sitting 15, 16 minutes a game like he's been recently, I think you feel pretty good about that. Uh, they they would like to have Manyang be able to, to stick in the game for a, a little bit more at least to be able to to sit down Spangler and Latin a little bit more because Spangler especially I mean the big guys uh, get really worn down with those you know when you climb up into the mid 30s and minutes per game and uh, they'd like to keep them at you know 32 33 minutes a game rather than uh, 35 and 36 like they've been having a log. And from the guard spot, you would hope that Christian James would be able to give him a little bit more of that. Denzel Walker is sort of a hot, hot and cold guy. Uh, he gives him some versatility, and then he can run the point when he absolutely has to. But uh, they like him much better from the wing spot. But uh, they really need Christian James to be able to, to be a consistent you know, eight to ten minute guy to take at least some of the pressure off those three starting guards because those guys outside of Jordan Woodard, whose minutes I believe are are sitting just right about thirty minutes a game, uh, Isaiah Cousins and, and Buddy Heald's minutes have been up in the mid thirties as well, and they'd like to to cut that down at least a bit. And then I think the other thing that concerns me, I think you've seen it, uh, you know, kind of down the stretch in a few of these games, like Kansas and uh, Iowa State. It seems like when OU really has to execute their half court offense and and transition isn't really uh, working for them, they really seem to struggle to to just get easy shots. They don't really seem to work the ball down into the post at all. Uh, I'm I'm wondering, you know, I mean, have you noticed that too, or am I am I crazy? No, I think there's a, a bit of a concern at that. They don't really work the ball uh, down low, especially. And when their offense is best, it seems like this year, it's when they are working it from the inside out. And not necessarily for for Spangler in particular or Latin to score themselves, but just the ball movement going through the middle to free up shots on the outside for those guards. And you have seen it disappear at times uh, late in games. Uh, especially in that Kansas game, I think uh, there were were some some times when the ball movement was a little bit lacking late in that game, and uh, you've seen it in a couple others. So that's certainly something to to keep an eye on. And I know sometimes it feels like, and I, I do the same thing. We're you know picking on a team that's number one in the country, mm-hmm. but these things are things that you've got to think about when you're talking about a team that has the potential 
uh, you know, to win a Big 12 title, to win a Big 12 tournament, and to go really deep in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, you want to be able to to fix these things when when things are going really well, so they don't bite you late in the season when things uh, you know tighten up. And then, uh, I guess, big question Saturday: uh, OU has uh, LSU coming up um, down in Baton Rouge. Are you going to be making the trip? I am. I'm going to be uh, making the drive with a couple other beat writers. The long drive uh, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, should be a fantastic one. Yeah, uh, been looking forward to this one all year, but especially as we've seen what Buddy Heald's done and obviously what Ben Simmons has done for LSU, uh, it should be a really fun game down there. It's been a while since I've uh, been to a game in Baton Rouge and and uh, especially a basketball game. I've actually covered a couple down there, but it's been a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you'll have fun, man. I mean, Baton Rouge is a great college town. There's a ton of good places to eat and everything. So uh, I, I gotta say, I'm jealous, very jealous, very jealous. But uh, I guess uh, last question, and then I'll let you go, Ryan. I mean, Oklahoma right now is looking like the uh, top team in the Big 12. Um, if some, if if there's another team out there in the Big 12 though that you think has a chance of uh, you know winning the conference besides OU, uh, who would you put your money on right now? Oh gosh, I'd have to go with Iowa State right now with the way that they're playing after after the, their early struggles in in conference play and and losing to Baylor and things like that. You worry a little bit about their depth because they really only go six deep, sometimes seven. Really, Burton's the only guy who logs you know, real big minutes off the bench for them. But uh, their, their starting five is as good as anybody in the country. Uh, you know, Right up there, I think, with OU as far as the, the best starting fives in the country. They have a fantastic point guard. And we all know that George Niang can take over games late. So I think all the other teams have some, some pretty big flaws that can be exploited. I don't know that Iowa State necessarily does outside of that depth. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Ryan, uh, Larry Manoa, they can uh, find all your, all your good work that you're doing following OU Hoops. You can check out uh, my stuff every day at newsok.com and every morning in the Oklahoma. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks again for uh, joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Always enjoy it. Thanks again to Ryan Aber of NewsOK.com and the Oklahoman for filling us in on Sooner Hoops. And thank you all for joining us, too. For the Blayton Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.